Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Quantum Shit Show. We are your hosts, Jody, Bo, and Danny. Hey, hey. And we're excited to bring it to you. For episode- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> for episode 16, and uh, glad that you guys are all here. Hopefully, you're listening to this, this podcast responsibly. <laughs> Do not operate heavy machinery yeah. while listening to this podcast. Um, this is our second attempt at the intro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we tried one and just started cracking up. Um, <laughs> so this one we're still kind of giggling. But uh, anyway, yeah, we've, uh, as usual, been having a little bit of a pre, pre-podcast discussion, uh, bringing some things to the table and deciding what to talk about and um most of the time there's a lot of different things to choose from and there's something that uh these ladies definitely wanted to speak about and um that is the classic alien love bite (laughs) and it is classic make no mistake (laughs) Right. Yeah, the classic alien love bite, and uh, maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, but um, we're also going to kind of get into exploring like how this may be showing up outside of the direct environment or the direct dialogue or context of people talking about alien love bite, how this kind of leaks into things that um, have been somewhat of a holy replacement, like the beloved conversation. Yeah, I want to say really quick too, if you're um, listening in and this is like, what the hell are you talking about? An alien love bite. This is bizarre. Um, This is also, uh, this is known under many different names. So we'll talk about that too. But this is the thing that you've heard for probably a while if you've been around any kind of spiritual conversation that has to do with the twin flame, um, the false twin flame, soulmates, this is what we're talking about. It's also been referred to as an alien love bite. And so mm-hmm. we're using that terminology right now when we say that. So if you are unfamiliar, just know that that's what we're mm-hmm. referencing. Things like twin flame, soulmate. Twin um, souls. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about aliens here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, Danica and I, um, for those of you that listen in and aren't aware, Danica and I, um, we actually co-host a women's, um, group container for women. That's about 16 weeks long. And in one of our recent sessions, we did an entire thing around the beloved agenda. And I think a better phrase for it is the beloved syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, after, after much consideration and after a lot of conversation, I don't think that when we brought it forward in that group and we started sharing so much of what we shared there, I know I myself did not realize how rampant 
some of these things that we shared were in terms of other people's experiences. So that was the whole reason that in coming together now Mm -hmm. to do this episode, we thought this might be valuable to Mm -hmm. share here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've talked about it a little bit before in previous episodes, but um, we haven't given it a a ton of airtime. So I think this is going to be, it's going to be a treat. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be something. It's definitely a juicy topic. Something. Yeah. I, for myself, I feel like I was so stunned. So as I was getting ready to do the um, group work, um, I just felt called to looking into a few things and really just looking into what it is that that drives so many people in this whole relationship saga that we find in the human condition where it's like people are just longing to be with somebody. And I understand it because we are truly wired for connection. So um, I, I was just trying to get deeper into like, what is it that really drives people and why is this here? And honestly, I didn't even start in this whole alien love bite topic. I was starting with things that were much more spiritually based in terms of like um, tradition and, and the way that we're designed as human beings. Um, though it did leave me uh, or lead me, not leave me. It led me into the whole realm of what was ultimately the alien love bite conversation. And, oh God, I must have stayed up till two or three in the morning reading through so many documents and case studies. I was stunned. I have never looked into it before. I've heard the words used. I've heard alternate words used like twin flame, false twin flame, soulmate. And then of course, in the last two years, the term that's become so popular is the beloved. Mm -hmm. And, um, we even spoke about this in the winter, uh, webinar that we did, um, and just talked about how devastating that agenda is to people because we were watching people literally just get flipped upside down, consumed with finding their beloved. Who's my beloved? I think this person is my beloved, whatever. And, and, and sorry to cut you off, but not in the Eastern spiritual way of God and the beloved or the beloved being all things that you love. It's, it's literally talking about it in the same context as who's my husband, who's my wife. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It was something that always came up in, in session work. Um, people would always ask me, uh, like, do you, do you know anything about my beloved? Can you tell me when my beloved is coming into my sphere? Um, when our timelines are going to cross and all this, right. all this kind of stuff like that. And of course I, um, always would say I don't do be- beloved work in that way. Um, I can't, I can't tell you that type of information, but I think what was so interesting to me, uh, Jody, is learning how long that term alien love bite has truly been around because, um, I, when I first heard it, I thought that it was something, especially, especially the way that it's, uh, I mean, just the phrase in and of itself, alien love bite, it sounds, it sounds like something that is kind of new that some hippie said and it kind of caught on, (laughs) you know what I mean? And, uh, 
so I thought that it was something that was relatively new um, and even particular to this community, this localized community that we all uh, share in. And whenever you told me that you had done research on it and how long this phrase had been around, I think that that was truly mind-blowing to me. Yeah. I mean, it's been longer than two and a half decades. So wow. <laughs> longer than that and at least that long. And so mm-hmm. you're right. It's it's stunning, you know, honestly to consider. And, um, and just like so many, and I, I'm going to say this in this way, because as we get into this conversation, um, there's a, there is a, um, an underlying like, um, given here in that we are all coming to this conversation with the idea that this is in fact a program that it is in fact meant to operate as a mind control or a manipulative program mm-hmm. in people. Um, for what reason? I don't know entirely. Um, there are some, even the people who have done therapy work with people who've been in these traumatic situations and have done case studies could not tell you this is the ultimate reason why they can just, you know, mm-hmm. make their best guesses as to why some outside force would attempt to manipulate these unions, these relationships, these bonds, and they do call them bonds. And they are very specific that it is a bonding, um, drama that -hmm. plays out in, in the human relationship patterns. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I'm saying all that to say, just like all of these three letter agencies that have been, um, called on the carpet so many times in terms of their secret programs, where documents have now been released and declassified and mind control programs and things like that have been revealed and allegedly dissolved. They've really just been absorbed and then renamed something else. This is exactly what's happened with this Mm -hmm. program Mm -hmm. because it was soulmate, twin flame. Then everybody was like, oh, twin flame is the wrong thing. It's not twin flame. It's not twin flame. It's it's beloved, you know? Right. Right. And And to be suspicious of anyone if they say twin flame. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. so, it's so interesting because I, it, just like you said, Jody, we are wired for connection, social engagement, civic engagement, and um, and then in the spiritual community, this one particularly, um, I'm usually referencing what we call the, the so-called quantum community whenever I say th- this spiritual community. But um, union is such a big uh, theme that we talk about and that everyone talks about in um, spiritual communities, but especially this one. And I think exactly what you're talking about, Jody, because it focuses on bonding and bonds, and that's what union is, and it's designed to manipulate it. So I, I, I feel like that's a major, um, almost like an access point, why it's so rampant at, literally everywhere, but especially um, here, where right. where there's people who, you know, have psychic abilities and gifts and things like that, and I know you're going to talk about that, um, <laughs> but uh, because we focus a lot on union, we focus a lot on mm-hmm. union, and um, yeah, and I know, and I know everyone's longing for that union. Yeah, yeah, and of course, you know, that's the thing. It's like over and over and over again we see, and this is part of all of the false light, you know, terminology that we see in in the quantum space or the spiritual space or whatever. It's like, 
there's nothing to manipulate if not the truth. Because if it's a lie, we'll know it. You know what I'm saying? Like when somebody lies to you, you just know it. It's whenever there's a truth in there tucked away and half truths attached to it, that it makes our mind go, is this real or is this something false? You know, and we sit there wondering and spinning around in our thoughts. And that's what these agendas intend to do is take something that is truly organic, which is our human connection. It is our desire to be in relationship and to bond and manipulate that desire (coughs) such that, you know, in these studies and in these people that had had these wild experiences, the bond was manipulated so that people believed that even just coming together with the person was so highly spiritual because it was so synchronistic and there were all of these oddities and all of these wow moments. And then there was all this magnetic connection when they got in their space that they couldn't explain, or they had seen the person in a dream before, or they had had some kind of vision of them and interaction with them before ever meeting. And so then when they met in person, it was like shock factor to the nth degree because it was a manifestation of their dream. It was a manifestation of their vision. This must be God. And so it gets put in this spiritual category of miraculous. And so it must be the real deal. And I think the important thing here to note is that it is highly likely that that connection is genuine in some way and that that genuine connection has been full on targeted and manipulated such that now the bonding drama gets to play out. Mm -hmm. And it's literally like putting people on a stage and somebody watching the drama like we watch on Mm -hmm. television. Mm -hmm. Well, and it passes down the trauma too, because these people reproduce lots of times. Yep. You know, I mean, my parents, for example, (laughs) (laughs) and, and, you know, we inherit the trauma from that, um, from that bond, that bond, if you want to call it a bond. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is a bond in the sense that people come together and through the sensations and the feelings that humans experience, they connect around very electric kinds of, you know, um, interaction. And so the bond begins to be built through energy first and then usually physically, you know, and if there's any kind of sexual interaction at all, there is a bond that's built. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately that bond is being so heavily targeted and manipulated that what is produced out of it continues the chaotic course. Mm -hmm. And, um, and this is how, you know, and I'm not here to say that every relationship on the planet has undergone this, um, they, they wouldn't even say this is very, um, it's a, it's a small group, honestly, of people who experience this, I think. Um, however, now this much time has passed, it's probably a much larger group. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Complete. complete I just was yeah. saying, going to say that I just, that was part of why this conversation is coming forward in a podcast, because I think that as we shared this information and listen, there are, there's actually a whole pattern here of how this plays out. And Mm -hmm. this was like person after person after person that had experienced almost identical scenarios over and over and over again in terms of 
the emotional pull, the the obsessive love, the all these things. And so I'll share a little bit of that with you guys in this process too. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it was because there was so much like, oh my God, that happened to me response that we felt like it was worth bringing here because we're just realizing there's an agenda here, obviously. And there is a beloved agenda, but it has created um, a sickness. It has created um, a susceptibility to more fracturing. And if people aren't aware of it, they can get into certain scenarios with other people and believe themselves to be in something authentic that may be targeted, that might be manipulated. We are not saying that every interaction is. We're just offering some insight on what's possible based on other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, um, <clears throat> there's so much that I'm like really trying to feel into how to even put it in words and deliver it. There are, this is why we call it the quantum shit show. <laughs> We call it the quantum shit show because you take one experience or one circumstance or one scenario and look at it from one perspective, you're going to be able to most likely work your way all the way through the at face value what that scenario is. You're going to be able to just see it for what it is. And then if you look at it from another perspective, it it has subtleties, nuance, and complexities that it didn't have when you were looking at it from the other side. And that's only two viewpoints. And we're talking about an infinite amount of viewpoints to look at something. And for anyone who's listening to this, that might be thinking, um, wow, you guys have literally been taking all of this spiritual frequency stuff and grounding it and and kind of debunking all, all sorts of things in a way. You know, there are things that we attempt to debunk. There are things that we attempt to understand in a more tangible and grounded way so they're not so mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that it can seem in this conversation that we're about to have, if not already, that there is a, another perspective that we may not have brought forward before in other contexts and other conversations that uh, we definitely will get into during this conversation and this context. Um, But having said all of that, I mean, people come into relationships in so many different kinds of ways. And like what's already been said is union is at the core of how everything is created. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's not just an idea. It is a, a blueprint. It's a, it's a formula yeah, I was going to just add it's the core of the mechanics of existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that can be depicted in so many different ways. <laughs> Union is relationship and relationship is connection. Connection is formed through what these ladies mentioned, bonds, um, bridges. And we talk about this in depth in our private spaces, but here in the in the public eye and the public stage, there are so many ways to form these relationships and so many experiences to be had. So during this conversation, we'll talk about some things that you may have directly experienced or um, you may see some similarity 
between what we're talking about and something that you feel has been totally true for you, true in the sense of not just a fact, but feeling so real and your, your path and what you're aligned to and what you believe in. Um, we're not trying to attack anybody else's process or relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. but this is a really interesting perspective on how some people come into relationships and their further surrounding details to the, the specifics of what we're talking about whenever we call something an alien love bite. It's not just two people meet and they have chemistry. They fall in love. They get to know one another. They have a family and they live their life. It's not always that, that simple. And that's not necessarily what we're talking about here. We're talking about a relationship that looks like because of the path uh, or the possibility of one member or both members in the relationship being in this like spiritual awakening of sorts or having some sort of paranormal or supernatural experiences throughout their life, they all kind of culminate into this space where they meet somebody and it's like, whoa, this is unlike anything I've ever experienced before. And my attraction to this person is almost indescribable, but it's there. And the details surrounding it, it it may activate all kinds of different parts of their body, their anatomy, their, their mind, their memory, dream, like what's been mentioned, like dream states. And you're having this otherworldly experience and the other person may not even know, but they may also be having the same experience and these things could be shared the biggest difference between what makes this what it is, the reason that these things become dangerous, we're not here to spread fear and danger might not even be the best word, but uh, out of alignment, out of integrity is literally that eventually they will require one person or both to act outside of sacred law. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about sacred law a little bit, but really it's out of, out of pure principle, out of alignment with your core values. It's a relationship that's inevitably going to require you to betray yourself in order to pursue it or to be in it. It's not the wholesome loving relationship where you feel seen and, and held by another person like you've never been before. And you come into that relationship and you're growing and you're seeing more of who you really are. You're seeing, you're experiencing more of the reality of God. You're healing in that relationship. You're growing in that relationship. It's more of This connection is there. There's something very shiny and activating about it. Yet it's requiring you to do something that is kind of either on the edge or even beyond like your, your core value system. And it's, Mm. it's got you in massive conflict with yourself, the life that you've been living, the path that you've been on or working, working through, working towards. And these relationships inevitably, uh, if pursued, because in order to pursue or further cultivate the relationship, most of them don't ever really pan out to be much of anything, but in order, it's because in order to pursue them, people have to start burning their life to the ground in all of these subtle ways that it may not look like you're burning your life to the ground. What are you doing? But they're pursuing this thing and it's got them in a, it's hooked them. It's got them hooked. Mm-hmm. And it's leading them into these places where 
they're in a bit of psychosis and they're starting to totally um, sabotage themselves. And then they're left wanting and it never turns into anything or this person that they've been after, they start like messing around on them or cheating or there's a lack of integrity from the get-go in the relationship. There's no trust that's ever developed. But then there's this phantom sense of trust and fantasy uh, Mm -hmm. from one person to the next or even between the two people where Mm -hmm. by the end of it, you're, you're totally in shambles if you ever start unhooking from it it feels like we mentioned mind control it feels like impossible to leave it behind it feels impossible to move out of the city it feels impossible to have certain conversations it feels like there are always certain words or certain behaviors or certain looks that the person gives you that always bring you back in and you're thinking to yourself what the hell am I doing I know that this is not good for me anymore and it becomes a trap and it becomes a thing that ends up consuming people well, and I, yeah, and I want to, <laughs> I want to say this because um, none of these things that we're sharing or speaking about today is like, you know, this is something we read about. We want to say it here. So first of all, I, when I read through some of the case studies and some of the things that had happened, my jaw was on the floor because of what was expressed there. And at one point I had sat up and like read all of these things to Bo. I think I bombarded him with all the things that I read. And I was like, this was my life for 20 years. And that was the, that was very hard to swallow because I was like, I felt so many things in that space, but I didn't have words to put on it necessarily. And then to read through these things and go, oh my God, other people experienced identical scenarios to what I lived for 20 years. Um, Mm. that was quite shocking. And so I'm sharing even anything that I share today in this episode is literally coming from my personal experience and a background that I had in this kind of manipulation. Mm. Um, And I'm not even here to argue with you about whether or not it was an alien interference or what it was exactly. I won't even get into the alien conversation. It's called an alien love bite and I'm not here to have an alien conversation. But what I am here to say is that the pattern of these experiences and these really bizarre human bonding dramas um, (laughs) was so repetitive in all the things that I read. And then I had actually lived it. And I mean, honestly, it matches up really closely with any kind of um, textbook trauma bond you could read about. Yeah. That's kind of a a little bit, that's a a much better way of saying what I was initially starting to say is that you may hear about this kind of stuff and then have a uh, uh, more education clinically um, than any of us do, even though we're educating ourselves and think, well, this is just a perfect, a perfect example of this other kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like what we've already done on the show and being like this spiritual experience is actually called this clinically. Right. And <laughs> we're going to start talking about something that may not be the most clinical understanding of <laughs> the dynamics of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of as a, what do you call it? Disclaimer. Well, I think what's really interesting about all of this is that a lot of the stuff, the case studies that Jody was reading were actually from a clinical standpoint. Mm-hmm. 
And they were calling it the alien love bite. Yeah. And these were people who, um, Mm -hmm. these were therapists, just another disclaimer, these were therapists who have worked with people who claimed to have been abducted Mm -hmm. at young ages. So these were therapists that were doing very specific kinds of work with people. Um, And they have decades worth of case studies around Mm -hmm. these things. And so they compiled a lot of it. So whether you believe in that or you don't believe in it, um, I, that's not what we're here to discuss. Well, read the declassified CIA documents, and if you don't believe in it, <laughs> go read those documents, and you'll learn about abduction contracts and all kinds of shit. Yeah, and there's there's you know there's a lot here, and you can go find other information if that's something that interests interests you. You can go to other places mm-hmm. to get that information. I think. The biggest thing about this conversation here now is what we have seen play out, the drama we've seen play out in our Mm -hmm. little community, Mm -hmm. um, which probably has happened in many, many other places, because if it happens on social platforms and media platforms like the ones we're connected to, then it's impacting people Mm -hmm. everywhere. And yeah. So one thing that I just want to say before we move forward is whenever I am talking about mind control, and well, I think when anybody's talking about mind control, really, but it encompasses thought control, obviously, but also emotion control. Mm -hmm. And it's important to know that emotional manipulation is a type of mind control, like tactic, tactical program. Right. So I just want to clarify that real quick because we keep saying mind control and and things like that, but I wanted to be clear that it encompasses uh, emotion control, thought control as well, and um, that it is like an emotional manipulative program. Mm -hmm. Oh, 100%. And I think that even in just bringing the beloved conversation forward two, three years ago, however long it's been now, that that started to be really circulated um, and very trendy, yes, (laughs) in the spiritual space that that right there was the initiation of that mind control, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think, and you described this perfectly, I think this is, I think this is the word that you used to describe it in our class, but, or maybe it was before the class and we were talking privately, but you said that it intoxicates people. It's intoxicating. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such a perfect way to describe that infatuation that happens when someone is in this uh, alien love bite or this bond. Yeah. Mm. Well, and there's some characteristics here that are really worth mentioning, I think, because this was what I saw that was common. There were some common threads. And it was things like the people involved, um, in most cases, they had um, some kind of ability. So psychic, um, telepathic, whatever you want to call those ultrasensory, like extrasensory abilities. Yeah. They had some access to them. They were usually vivid dreamers. They could see visions. They, you know, things like that. So let me first say that <laughs> um, is because that was really how they were being targeted or manipulated. It, it is coming through that extrasensory, like that sixth sense kind of thing. And that's why it feels so spiritual when it happens because it's like, oh my God, this is so wild that you see what I see and you know what I know, you know, all that crazy shit. So, um, and we've talked about this too, because we've talked about how people connect on a nervous system level, right? Like our nervous system is constantly communicating subconsciously 
all around us, everywhere we go with people in our space. And so, you know, there's an, uh, an actual biological place where we communicate Mm -hmm. with people. So, you know, psychic phenomenon's not that crazy, you know, Mm -hmm. but again, because of ignorance, and I mean that in the gentlest way, I truly mean it in the way of the lack of information. When we don't know something, we will chalk it up to mysterious and that is actually even a misappropriation of the word mysterious. So anyway, it's really just ignorance. <laughs> um, so in our um, naivete, I'll say, you know, it's like these things can happen and then we're like, it must be God. It must be God doing this. And so it's in all of that that becomes intoxicating because mm-hmm. our nature is to come in closer to God, right? Like we want to be deeply in relationship with God. And so when these things happen, they feel miraculous. It does make us feel closer to that essence, that life force. And it becomes like a drug where we want it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the thing is like the word that was used to describe a lot of these scenarios was obsession. Mm-hmm. There right. was an obsession that was pulling on people um, telepathic abilities definitely were played on. They got heightened massively when these people would come together. Um, but it always left people longing. It mm-hmm. always left them lovelorn. And that's the word that you used, Danica, which I really thought was a great word. And it left them in a space of like wanting. There was always a wanting because what would happen is after they would interact after all this buildup, they would interact and then one or the other of them would just get turned off like a switch, just mm-hmm. turned off. And so it was like unrequited love over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And um, th- th- this is just a little bit. I mean, there's so much here and I don't want to spend over much time getting into the nitty gritty details of it um, because I do think that it is nuanced. But there were some very specific traits that happened through nearly every case study that I read. And some of the same things, like what I've already mentioned. And so it's just watching this drama play out because this is drama that we watched up close and personal within our own space and mm-hmm. within the group of people that we have been connected to. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that stood out to me was when I was reading it, it was talking about this heavy manipulation that happens from an outside force. So whether you want to call it aliens or some kind of mind control, whatever. There is an outside force that is playing on humans and creating this drama from everything that's been shared in these sessions. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that got said was like, literally, there were people who came into sessions who had fallen in love, obsessive love, with a guardian, Mm -hmm. a higher being, um with someone that was like a guide or um, a being that used to live here and no longer lives here on the earth plane, whatever. Really bizarre things. A literary being? A literary mythological being. No, really, this was stated in documents and it was like, what? And so people literally, I mean, I'm going to say something crazy here, but like believing that Jesus is their beloved, believing that any character, any guardian, ascended master, I'm using air quotes, was their beloved that they were waiting for. And they would just be in an imaginary relationship with them. This mm-hmm. was common. 
Yeah, and this is exactly what this is exactly what we're seeing in this community now. Is this is happening to people in this community, mm-hmm. and what I find so uh, what I find so fascinating is that they'll look for the human being who's supposed to anchor in this uh, this consciousness or this higher being or whatever yes. you want to call it, and. Then they'll form an attachment, a manufactured bond with this human being who they're saying is supposed to be the anchor for this higher being, right? They're supposed to embody it or whatever. But because they're in love with a thing that's not human, or dare I say, actual, (laughs) their expectations will literally never be met. Never. They'll never be met because they're in love with a character that is not the human in front of them. And sometimes the human in front of them is like completely not available and is like not into what's happening. And yet the person is still obsessed and fixated and intoxicated with this person because they just know that they are the anchor for this consciousness. Yeah. I'm telling you, I was blown away. When I read just that part right there, I was absolutely floored because I was like, oh my God, I've watched this happen. And it blew my mind. Jody, tell them apart. Tell, tell them all the part about the guru. <laughs> okay. Okay. So one of the things that was stated in this, uh, these things that I read, these case studies and things that was shared was that it was not uncommon for some of this to be perpetuated on people through what we would call a guru or a teacher. So someone who's in the spiritual spaces, spiritual community spaces where they have a large following and in their inner workings with people, this was stated in documents. So please understand while I have some personal experience with this, I was again floored to see that this had been happening to people for more than two decades. And they were saying like this guru being, this teacher being coming in and then telling people, this is who your beloved is. And they would use the word beloved. This is who your twin flame is or your beloved or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they were matchmaking in these spiritual spaces. And what was shared very plainly was those people doing that literally are um, being used as a point of connection for these programs. So they are hijacked and they are perpetuating this hijacking on other people. And um, yeah, I when I read that, I was floored because we have actually experienced that happen and um, it's so dangerous. And so then again, all it does is continue to wound other people and put them in these false bonds mm-hmm. um, where either they try to match make and the, the match doesn't work or it becomes very volatile um, or the match is never made. And one person ends up pursuing somebody who is not in a receiving or reciprocating space at all because right. it was manufactured to begin with. And it's exactly. And it's, it's so abusive because, well, first of all, so this comes from people standing in a place that they're not really meant to be in. They're taking the role of God in -hmm. this way. And they're also really interfering with a a major choice point here. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I get that people make their own decisions, but a lot of times people don't make informed decisions. You know, the kind of free will that we're talking about here is is like having a hamster in a cage and then being like, "Look, you can go run on your wheel. You can mm-hmm. you can go get some water." You know, have some food. My chicken fence in the backyard. Yeah, I mean, would you do whatever you want? And chickens have free will, right? So it's for their uh, own protection, but it really is. Right, right. In that case, um, and whenever you're talking about some something like a human being uh, that goes through a multi-layered, complex process Mm -hmm. of thought and understanding oh my god to to be told from somebody who you are giving your authority over to um that's actually standing in the space in your heart where god is meant to be Mm -hmm. and then they tell you go this way Mm -hmm. this is where you're supposed to be and this person is going to you're going to be with this person for the rest of your life and if you can't be with them, then you're going to have to carry this mission by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much of this alien love bite slash beloved conversation, the beloved is not wrong. It, it, I mean, it's a beautiful concept. But whenever you bring, like I said, the things that require you to bend or break the sacred laws mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into this context – what has been called the beloved becomes something very destructive and the pursuit energy around this beloved actually causes people to go into massive states of suffering, psychosis. And babe, you said it heightened awareness around certain abilities, but I think more of, of the heightened experience is more of an isolated one. So Mm -hmm. if it's a telepathic experience, that gets hooked into energetically and it's not even necessarily that it gets heightened. It's like everything else becomes super numb and this is the only way you can connect to this place and it becomes the foundation for the connection Yeah, and it gets super isolated in that way and it makes you feel like it's really active or, or heightened, but it's really just that everything else is being drowned out by the program itself. Yeah, and and in some of the scenarios and situations, um, telepathy is definitely one of the primary things that they use. But the other thing is like um, extremely vivid dreaming. So where people would have these radical dreams and like everything was so heightened and it wasn't scary stuff. It was like stuff that connected them to the other person or just energetically overall, the words that people use to describe it was like deep spiritual immersion. Mm-hmm. where they felt like bliss. They felt mm-hmm. blissed out mm-hmm. by even the thought of the other person mm-hmm. or in their presence. It was like electrifying in their body. And so um, this is because, and I, from my perspective, this is because um, I feel like because of the way that our systems are wired, you know, when certain things get triggered or they get pushed on in our system, sometimes it's like, warning, you know, be afraid, don't go near this place, don't go to this person. But in these scenarios, something was manipulating the system where the thing that was connecting the people just got turned up to like Mm -hmm. massive levels. 
Well, speaking about the way that our bodies are wired too, we have to think whenever those things get activated in us where we feel that bliss response. We really, really, really like the effects of dopamine and oxytocin Mm -hmm. in our body. And oxytocin is the bonding hormone too. And so it's like... When we get dumps of those in our system, we we become addicted to them. We really like it. We want to continue to feel it, right? And so yeah. there's a level of chemical dependency that's happening here too. And mm-hmm. I think I said this in our uh, class, Jody, and I wanted to um, I wanted to say this just real quick, but uh, it reminded me of something that you said, Bo, a while back where you were like, I had my feelings hurt about this and I had to really sit with it. But I had my feelings hurt around the word beloved because I really like that word. And I was telling Jody in class, I was like this, it, it had a poeticism to it, you know, and I loved to say it often about, you know, my beloved plants, my beloved garden, my right. beloved to, to this, be, my, to yeah. To be loved. And now it seems like, and I, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to work through it. I'm trying to get over it, <laughs> but it seems like now every time I say it, I think of, I think of this, you know, yeah. this thing that happened. And it's, it's interesting because, um, I just recently reactivated my Facebook <laughs> and I, I happened to be scrolling. Um, and one of the first things that popped up in my feed yesterday, and I took a note of it because it fit perfectly. It was, it was a, a write up. Um, uh, there's a big, um, hullabaloo going on right now around some spiritual guru. And I can't remember his name. I think it started with a B or an M, mm. uh, or maybe that was like his first and last name. I don't know. Um, it, it's not Bikram. It's some somebody else. I couldn't actually pronounce his last name, but there was a, a whole list of like people coming forward as cult survivors, having been in like contact with this guy or studying under him or whatever. And the stuff that they were listing, the talking points that they were talking about. I mean, he ticked all the boxes about like he was he was uh, playing matchmaker, setting up relationships, breaking up people, driving wedges of um, uh, driving like driving wedges between people and their relationships and their friendships, isolating people, um, trying to form manufactured bonds with people. He was literally just manipulating his entire community (laughs) around him and trying to match make and then also sexually assaulting people as well. So, but it's like going back to the whole guru uh, thing and how sometimes they are used as a medium, I guess, to kind of Mm -hmm. like um, push forth this uh, program an agenda yep. onto people, kind of be the the channel for it. I mean, when I'm telling you he ticked all the boxes, he ticked all the boxes. I was reading it and my mind was just like, I was like, holy shit, this is right. everything that Jody was talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was bizarre. And I, and I mean, that's the thing is, uh, I, I'm going to say this here in this series, in this episode is that, you know, there are places and spaces where if this is something that you feel like you want to get into deeper conversation around for yourself. You can totally do that with us. You can do a session with either us or Danica. Um, and Danica and I host a women's group that will run again later on in the year, potentially where these conversations can go in depth. We're not going to obviously get into that right now, but mm-hmm. you know, there, there's availability for support. Not that we are therapists, not that any of that, but if you just need a space. Well, let me go ahead and say credentials don't always equal qualification (laughs) and education doesn't equate to intelligence. Right, right. (laughs) Exactly. We're we're survivors, man. (laughs) And I do want to say also that 
we're not here either to discount or discredit anyone's connection or their relationship. And and Bo and I specifically are very careful about that. And I think that is why a lot of nonsense went down in the spiritual community that we were specifically tied to over the last year or so is because things were shared, things were said, people were partnered, they were told, this is your person. And those things were shared in spaces with us, not from the people who said it to them, but from people who believed it about themselves and shared those things with us in spaces. And, you know, we, um, we knew that there was some massive half truths Mm -hmm. in all of it. And we also wanted to give people their opportunity to just have their own relationship with God and to not manipulate the situation further because we knew it had already been manipulated. Right. Uh-huh. So whether that was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, um, I don't know. We did what we felt was right at the time. Um, and here we are now having this conversation because we have seen so much fallout from this. And we've seen it with people who are in other relationships. They are married. They have children. They have uh-huh. lives that are happening. And then they get so turned upside down by conversations around a beloved syndrome (laughs) and it's a mind control program. And there's all of this stuff that gets said about what this is and it is manufactured, you guys. So am I saying there are no bonds that can happen, that there is a true spiritual connection, there is healing that can happen in the relationship, there is a mutual understanding, respect, love, care, you know, purpose, mission. No, I'm not saying that. Obviously, I don't believe that. Um, I'm in a relationship right now that all of those things are happening in my life. And even in our relationship, we had to be really honest Mm -hmm. about our own coming together because there were things that wanted to speak into our relationship and put labels on it and do that stuff. And we watched a lot of crazy stuff happen around us. Mm-hmm. And Bo and I both have been through some things and we have a relationship that's just built on being human beings. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that this is so important too, because mind control, thought control, emotion control, these things, they're happening all the time and mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. work through it, it's it's fear-based, a lot of it is, and it works through the places in us that are unhealed, right. yeah. you know? So I think exactly what you're saying is we're, we have relationships and they do take work and they do require a, a foundation to be built on trust and truth and recommitment and all of these things, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're having to continue uh, yes. to bring that forward. And it's it's just... I keep thinking about how it makes so much sense to me that this program specifically is so rampant uh, everywhere because, A, everyone is longing for love. Everyone Mm -hmm. wants to be loved. They want to love and be loved. And this type of uh, stuff, relationship stuff is what, I mean, it's literally started wars. It has started wars. It's caused violence. It has, I mean, it's, it still does, even in my own personal story with my parents, just thinking about the stuff that went down, uh, because people were living in delusions and fantasies about relationships Mm -hmm. that they thought were real, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
uh, I mean, it love is a driving force. And when it can be manipulated, I mean, it is the force behind cre- creation and union. And right. there's a reason why this is such a massive program. There's a reason yeah. why this is such a massive program and, and intrinsically linked into sexual misery. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And in some of these case studies, I do want to say that when this information came to light with the people that were experiencing these obsessive behaviors and these things that felt like they were gripping them at the deepest part of them, but were not being reciprocated, right? It was like, it was so wonderful and great. And then the people would come together and something would happen. And one of them would be like, nope, this is not for me, not anymore. Something weird, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so in bringing this to their attention through their own work, um, it helped them actually heal it. Like genuinely see the truth and then heal that situation, that scenario, so that all of that obsessive drive inside of them that could not be filled was ultimately just relinquished and it was let go of. And, um, you know, I, I know that this conversation is around like, you know, this beloved agenda and um, soulmate, twin flame, blah, blah, blah. The fact of the matter is, as human beings, we are so freaking manipulated. We are so manipulated at every turn. you got the TV, you got social media, you've got your parents' nonsense that they raised you under, you know, ideas, beliefs, church, spirituality, whatever. You have all of these things influencing and speaking into you. 5G. <laughs> all of it, you know? And it's like, this gets people so twisted up. And there are very practical things here that can be addressed. And whenever there is massive trauma and we are dealing with big hurts and multiple of them, and we are looking for escape at every turn, we become easy prey Mm -hmm. for things like this, you know? So this is not to condemn anyone who's been through this. Mm -hmm. This is not to um, discourage anyone who is unsure if they've been through it or if they're going through it. That's not what this is about. It's really about bringing awareness because awareness allows us to choose. Yeah. We just call it a thing a thing. Yeah, (laughs) you know? And it's like, if you start to see it for what it is, the chances are greater that you can actually heal it and preserve whatever mm-hmm. is true in it and collapse what's false. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been through the alien love bite for sure. God knows I have. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and I mean, again, is like I couldn't even have put a word to it until somebody mm-hmm. labeled it and said, these are the, these are all of the things that this looks like. And I was like, oh. Well, I didn't even recognize it until I talked to you about it the other day. I was like, oh, I tick all the boxes. I tick (laughs) all the boxes. And my experience was almost exactly identical to those people in, in those case studies. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre. And there are so many other things that were shared. And that's why I said, you know, if there's something that is coming up for you just in listening to this and you feel like, oh my gosh, I need to have a conversation, you can totally reach out and do that. But, um, yeah, there, there's just so much here. And when I went through it and I shared it with Bo after you and I, Danica, had that conversation in our group space, which we shared many other things. There was a lot okay. more to that conversation. But yeah. just in having it and bringing awareness to it, 
I think that was the biggest like, whoa, in people going, oh my God, this has happened to me. Oh my God, I had this experience. And I'm talking people from very young ages. Mm -hmm. So this, this is not just exclusively about a certain age group or anything. It's like, one of the things that was really fascinating to me about all of this information surrounding the alien love bite was the frequency of alien abductions um, mm. or stories around alien abductions. And I remember something that you um, told me about how it, w- it wasn't uncommon that it would be passed down through a lineage. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, I feel like I'm usually a lot more um, uh, vocal and sharing more personal experiences in the <laughs> podcast, but I've been just sitting back and, and kind of listening and taking all this in. And I think part of the reason why I feel like I don't have a lot to say is because we've already talked about it in a space and I shared a lot of personal stuff already, but I did want to share this because I felt like this was really um, interesting. And I think it's interesting that people who have had the alien abductions end up having such relationship misery uh, that continues to happen throughout their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was younger, and I told you this story, um, I don't know if I shared it with Bo. Maybe I did. But when I was younger, um, I had this intense fear around my parents dying, but particularly my mother. And <laughs> I I slept in the bed with her. She was single for most of my life until she married my stepdad. And that even became a problem because (laughs) I had to sleep in the bed with her or in her room with her because I was so afraid that something was going to happen to her. Mm. And, um, and even whenever she married my stepdad, I was like a pallet on the floor. (laughs) I was like, I can't leave her. I would have a panic attack. It was so bad. I slept in the bed with her or in her room until I was like 13. Um, yeah. And, (laughs) I remember like trying to trace this back and uh, and where it came from and sourcing it. And I remember having night terrors, having horrible dreams, seeing things in my room and stuff like that, seeing things in the room with her and me feeling like I had to protect her. Um, and that's a part of the reason why I wanted to be in the room with her too, because I felt like there were things there, you know? Um, I swore that my house was haunted all the time. It, it was one of those things where it's like when I'd would walk down the hallway and the light wasn't on and the light switch was at the other end of the hallway, I would literally run and flip it on and be like, and like, look around. Yeah. (laughs) But I remember having a dream and it was a very particular dream, very specific. And in this dream, (laughs) the roof was pulled off of the house and there was a bright light and a hand came down and picked me up out of my bed and took me out of my home. Mm-hmm. And it scared me and I woke up and I woke up. It was like a night terror, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and when I told my mom about it, I was like, mom, I had – I was very young. So I was probably like, mommy, I had a dream. I had a bad dream. And I told her about it. I described it to her and she goes, no, honey, I think uh, I told you that I had that dream when I was little and maybe you're remembering it that way. I don't think you really had the dream. I think you remember me telling you about it. So she had the exact same dream. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> when you were talking thing. about, um, and it's no surprise and probably no coinky dink that we both have had <laughs> relationship misery for a very, very, very long time until I started to, uh, you know, cultivate my relationship with God and start to get my shit together. Right. And that was 
then and only then did Blaine and I actually begin to build a solid foundation to build a relationship and an eventual marriage upon. Because before that, it was uh, chaotic, to say the least. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To say the very least, it was chaotic. Um, But yeah, whenever you were telling me that, Jody. Um, about the frequency of alien abductions and that being a common denominator through all of these case studies, it reminded me of that. And I was like, (laughs) 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 yeah, it's so wild. Like um, just, like I said, sifting through the information, us having those conversations and then realizing how many other people shared similar experiences Um just from a personal place in their lives and, you know, things that they had encountered. And, um, I do not sit here as somebody who even thinks they know what all this is about or why it happens. But I think it's an important conversation to have for so many reasons. Number one, to stop any kind of crazy shit that goes down in spiritual spaces where this kind of behavior is being perpetuated Mm -hmm. and it's an agenda, It Mm -hmm. is an agenda. I don't care who says what about it. It's an agenda. I've watched it happen. I've watched it play out. It's very Mm -hmm. dangerous and it's very harmful to people. It's a shit show, (laughs) y'all. For real. And the other part of it is, is that not only are people perpetuating things like this in spiritual spaces, um, but then you've got people that channel right? So they like channel beings, they channel ETs, and this is all part of the work, and I'm using air quotes, that they do and they bring forward. And um, I'm just going to tell you that treading in that space really opens you up to a lot of nonsense. And that's a nice word. That's the nice word I'm going to say on this podcast. I'm going to try to keep it PG for y'all this time. But it is pretty crazy what goes down in those spaces. And so if you're interacting with other people who use these kinds of outlets for their specific spiritual guidance and they're bringing it forward in social media groups or whatever, it really is opening up the whole group Mm -hmm. to receive all kinds of crazy, Mm -hmm. crazy, crazy stuff. I I think it would probably be beneficial for you to explain what channeling is and what you mean by that. Okay. So in, um, you know, social media spaces specifically, um, you may have seen people, you know, share messages that were channeled or they'll label them as a channeled message or that they received it from this particular group of beings. Maybe they're calling it like an ET race of some sort or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, an ascended master Mm -hmm. or, you know, some historical figure that most people would know. And so it's where they bring information forward that they claim has come directly from that entity, that group, that planet, that star system, whatever. And they're speaking it out um, to people in these platforms or on these platforms in big spaces and sharing information that way and literally attempting to share prophetic kind of information um, that is absolutely programming this crazy ass mm-hmm. matrix. So, is this, is this the part where we talk about Project Bluebeam? Blue <laughs> 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 well, I'm going to leave that up to Bo Angel. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm just saying not. all this. <laughs> well, if we're going to get into that, yeah. I, well, I mean, the point is, is that 
we can't just talk about these agendas and leave it at that and be like, now watch out for that, y'all. Mm-hmm. If people are going to continue to um, mm-hmm. read psychic, you know, I mean, you guys do what you want, but I'm just letting you know, whenever you get into these spaces where people profess to be psychics, they profess to do any kind of work like that, and they bring forward messages from deceased people, higher ascended beings, uh, groups from other planets, other star systems. It's like, you really want to be mindful of what you're opening yourself up to, Mm -hmm. because this is where the infiltration really starts. And discerning of what you're connecting to through these, through these people as Mm -hmm. outlets, because while I, and I know that you believe, you know, in, in psychic work too. And I know Mm -hmm. that, you know, you, you have psychic abilities and while I believe in psychic work and believe in the gifts thereof mm-hmm. and therein, mm-hmm. I also know that due to mass manipulation that sometimes the psychics and and the, the things that come through them are uh, <clears throat> a crock of shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes – this is where discernment comes in. But let me say this. Let me say this real quick, and then I will give you the mic, uh, Bo. Mm. When you're in a relationship and you're fucking miserable and you're – but you're telling yourself that God is there and there's so many synchronicities that it must be God, but you're fucking crying all the time and you're miserable and you're heartbroken and it's unrequited love, that's not God. No. That's yeah. not God. And you probably need to look and see if you're obsessed with a human or if you're obsessed with an onion if you're crying all the time. <laughs> that's a bad that's a bad joke. I think I saw that on the back of a Laffy Taffy or something. That's pretty good. <laughs> that was funny. It made me think of Shrek. Another Shrek reference. Ogres are like onions. Yeah, they had it on Netflix, so it's just coming up for me everywhere. <laughs> I just I love the Pinocchio voice. Oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot we did that here. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh what makes us susceptible to all this BS is trauma. Absolutely. One hundred percent. And you know, the people who will be able to work through these things or even see through the deceptions are gonna be the ones who learn how to understand that this is really going on um, and they're willing to confront it within themselves. They're willing to, and not these specific details, but what makes people susceptible to being controlled, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. which are things that we've talked about being separated from your anchor, not having a relationship with yourself or with God, not making things in your daily life sacred. Not it's, it's all about relationship, not being in your body. Yeah. Embodiment. Um, and, and being in that practice, I think there's a, there's a really fine line here for the groups that are most susceptible because like Jody said, is they are the dreamers. They are literally the dreamers, the lucid dreamers, the ones who have the vision, the ones who have inherited memory. But, um, we've also inherited a lot of things that come in to either suppress the memory, suppress the ability or, or hijack it, totally take advantage of it and use it to uh, replicate destruction in so many different ways to replicate confusion and dysfunction. And um, then uh, it it really builds a toxic relationship that we have with ourselves and our own gifts, our own abilities. 
Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get away from the word gifts because <laughs> uh, some of these things come from trauma. <laughs> our mm-hmm. our abilities being so heightened, like babe, like you said, but they mm-hmm. are almost like isolated and. That's why we call them trauma gifts sometimes. Yeah, they call them trauma gifts. That's a joke. We have a joke running among us that whenever things come up, it's like, oh, there's your trauma gift. Yeah, it's so (laughs) funny. It's like this ability to be able to perceive like extra sensory or like we we started with the empath conversation whenever we talked about the empath and the nervous system. If you guys know, I think it's episode seven. Um, If you haven't listened to it and you want to to know more, but we we had this running this running inside joke. And it's well, yeah. And I want to say this really quick gifts. because, yeah, it is a trauma gift. That is exactly what it is. Because there's actual there's actual scientific information to back this up. Um, just really quick, not going to get into it too deeply, but there are studies that have been done, scans of the brain that have been done that you can find that actually pinpoint why some people have things like ESP, psychic abilities, and things like that. Mm-hmm. It has to do with configurations and things that are known as constellations in the brain. We're going to talk about that in the next episode. <laughs> constellations in the brain and it it activates these these abilities, okay? Mm-hmm. So when we say trauma gifts, it's legit. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 funny and not funny, but it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Dude, you were dead on. I just checked the podcast and it is episode seven. That was impressive. Yeah. It's like right, I, right off, right off the noggin. Yeah, it's because I check the um, our analytics and our stats so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hooked. I'm obsessed. <laughs> oh my god! You have an alien love bite with our podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> god, I hope not. Um, uh, if that's the case, then I'm really enjoying it right now. <laughs> But uh, I think what the reason that we mentioned Project Bluebeam and not to so much focus on Project Bluebeam because since it was mentioned, we'll mention it again and and not just leave that one hanging there. You can always find out more information. Like like we've said before, anything that we speak about in this space, um, we're educated to some depth, which is why it, whether education through experience or education through some form uh, some form of study. Um, we are further educating ourselves in so many different ways. And there's just so much out there, you guys, as, as you guys know, it's a shit show (laughs) and I'll just keep saying that. But, um, anything that we speak about or reference, you guys are of, uh, of course encouraged. Um, if you feel so called to, so inclined to find out more information, project Bluebeam is, a one of the many, many, um, I guess uh, underlying or su- suppressed um, projects and operations that are hand in hand with uh, world governments uh, and military operations. Um, if, if you have a good link, we can always put that stuff in the show notes of the episode. Oh shoot! Yeah, like if you if you have a link that you like recommend to people, we can always do that. Well, and and I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> That's the thing. Is <laughs> Is um I, I want to be be clear, you know, and that's why we won't go into depth about Project Bluebeam, but it's the same kind of thing as like coming onto a podcast and be like, you guys should go research Paperclip or Pizzagate or uh, through Looking Glass and like all these things that are actually going on. And, and some people do that, but we can't hold a, a hundred people who are coming to us with questions about these things or you told me to go look up this article and it fucked my whole life up. And, <laughs> It's, you know, we're not trying to do that at all. And, and definitely if we put links, it'll be to 
things that feel a little bit more wholesome are probably easier to digest. Mm-hmm. Um, but now like that I you've said, thrown all of those projects out there. <laughs> Those are just kind of the big, the big um, main ones. There's, there's even more, and these are all things that we learn about through doing quantum sessions mm-hmm. with people, and, which is how we are coming to understand that it is has these programs have literally immersed themselves in people's fields, even though they've never heard about them before. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this is always going to be linked to IARPA, which is the Intelligence Agency of the United States, and DARPA, which is the Department of Defense of the United States of America. So, um, NASA in the 60s and 70s, they, they operated in this project called Project Bluebeam. And, you know, not to get too into it, like I've been saying, but they started developing technologies that were kind of in the long game, uh, going to be eventually used to take over the world. <laughs> and uh, these technologies focus on <clears throat> they're all kinds of frequency devices. So, um, mm-hmm. extra hu- low frequency. Humans are vibratory resonant bodies. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, we work electrically. Pretty much everything does, and. Um, like we've talked about on the show, we're, we're conduits and our brains are emitting things constantly, but they're also being, um, sent things constantly from our environment. Our heart, uh, works electrically as well. Our brain and our heart work together in that way. And our entire body does, and our heart emits a certain frequency. And mm-hmm. really there, you know, since the sixties and seventies, the seventies, especially, um, but even before that, but I'll, we'll kind of focus on a single decade just to lock it in is the United States government was and, and governments all over the world. These uh, even these smaller factions and sort of uh, quote unquote charitable organizations like these separated um, sects were working with NASA to develop this entire um, data collections program to not only further the advancements of frequency technology like uh, frequency machines so that they could operate at the certain resonance that the human brain, the human body, the human heart operate at. I mean, these are studied and recorded, measured and observed. Uh, These programs, these advancements, these technologies, these devices, these cases. Mm -hmm. Um, Frequency weapons are used all of the time in the military. Right. Uh, more it, more um, acute forms of 5G are used uh, as yeah. frequency weapons. Uh, Radiation that, devices. Yeah, exactly, that they um, employ off of tanks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Scrambler, that's a perfect example, like the, the EMP. Um, so, you know, saying all that, we're talking about 60s and 70s, which is decades ago, before we ever even really publicly had cell phones at ground level public use. We ever had cell phones um, and we're talking about devices that can target uh, a specific individual or a specific group of individuals. I'm talking six out of 10 people. I'm talking nine out of 10 people. I'm talking 900 out of a thousand people. If you wanted to isolate a certain group or a certain person, and this is all linked to MK ultra mind control programming and um, different assets and, peoples that through trauma and abuse and also psychedelic implantation, but also through uh, sound abuse, like through pummeling through sound and these frequency devices, they totally split the consciousness 
from the original point of development. So in human development, they eventually split the, the, the personality, they split the characters, they implant different programmings and different behavioral patterns, um, implanting memories. And this is what, you know, talking about abductions is, uh, abductions don't just happen through an alien spaceship. I mean, we have all kinds of things that are coming to the surface in the world that we live in about children being abducted and not never leaving the planet. You know, uh, they're being abducted by other people. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a, a new thing. So to, to consider that it's happening in any other way is not that far out. So we're talking about people who uh, are totally blank slated. Their, their, their memories are totally wiped. Um, a lot of people who don't remember their childhood. This is a natural byproduct of trauma. And I say natural very in a very loose way, but Talking about these frequency machines and the ability to project holograms, that's another part of the development in this program. And inevitably, the program seeks to um, reenact what has been biblically foretold or prophetically foretold as the rapture. Uh, but the, the, it goes in multiple steps. So the first one is to basically collapse all religious organizations or religious followings and totally turn people's belief systems against themselves. So they, they're going to dismantle Christianity, Islam, they're going to trigger earthquakes and, you know, plant all kinds of artifacts that are going to inevitably go against the stories that have been told biblically and the ways that they're finding all kinds of artifacts that are verifying the biblical stories. They're going to be doing the complete opposite to turn the religion upside down. To, to leave people left with the inability to follow that same process. So they're going to, they're going to basically rip people from the anchor. This should be and, interesting considering that the Vatican and the Jesuits run the whole world. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it, it's, um, you know, once, once you get people separated from their anchor, according to this thing, um, this is also working with the central intelligence ag- agency, but different governments across the globe that are, highly advanced in data collection. So we're talking about every dialect, every language, every slang term, um, all belief systems are easily recorded due to the mass volume of users of this technology. I mean, it's constantly recording just like the human body does. It's constantly recording, but this information is storing is all we t- we talked about this in the twelve twenty one webinar. It's like it's all being recorded. We didn't talk about it in this context specifically, but the point of this is to use all the frequency devices and basically uh, project that these things are going on in the nighttime sky and the daytime sky. So it's going to be doing a lot of extraterrestrial disclosure, but they're going to be creating these events. Uh, in certain parts of the atmosphere, different layers of the atmosphere that are made of certain things that will actually hold the the holographic projection. They talk about a sodium layer. Mm. um, And I don't know how accurate that is. Like this is straight from a couple of, there's a couple of different articles, but there's a, there was, there's a website, educateyourself.org, educate-yourself.org. Uh, they got tons of topics and you can go read, read yourself down the rabbit hole if you want to. But <laughs> um, Project Bluebeam is one of the articles on there and it get, it's an extensive article. Um, and of course, this whole thing started by um, triggering heart attacks all over the world with scientists who were involved in developing this technology and these projects. So um, we see that happening now. Mm-hmm. 
through the implementation of, you know, the jab and also the 5G technology and seeing people who are, you know, they used to talk about energy drinks and stuff like causing heart attacks, but it's really like more directly linked to radiation in the body. And all. And this specific article talks about triggering heart attacks remotely, directly, and with, with great intention. So mm-hmm. you can do this to entire populations or groups of people. Well, I mean, it's not that far off either because think of um... – Think of how they start hearts that have stopped with a defibrillator. I can right. never say that word. Electrically. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, think of these, every, everything is wave mechanics. And literally everything right. is wave mechanics. And how, I mean, I would not be surprised in the least to learn that this stuff eventually comes out as truth because every <laughs> conspiracy theory, most of them, I won't say every one of them, but most of them have started to... Uh, disclose. Yeah. And go ahead. Well, I was going to say a good art article always has further references. Mm-hmm. So well, these- I I just remember when chemtrails were everyone was like that's not real, that's not real and you can literally get a degree at Harvard for geoengineering which is weather control through aerosol solvents which is <laughs> chemtrails. Right. It's like you can literally get it. They just changed the name. Chemtrails aren't real, but geoengineering is, and it's the same exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so. the, the the air quality index is usually d- based on the amount of a certain size of particle that's actually floating around, and they measure mm-hmm. it in in you know what these particles actually are, whether they're microplastics or all kinds of nano sized particulates. I mean, they're they're being sprayed constantly by mm-hmm. emissions and. and Jet engines and, and I, I think my point in bringing up and mentioning Project Bluebeam was how it relates to um, the alien love bite. And yeah. yeah, we were working our way there. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, there's so much that could actually be said around this. And I don't even think it, it I mean, I don't know that we should probably go into all I, of it. It's just so I much. mean, that's the thing is like, this is, we're just talking about the frequency devices. So mm-hmm. I guess- more than anything, they can make you think a thought. I guess there we go. They mm-hmm. can make you think a thought. They can um, and con- control your entire body, your entire emotional state mm-hmm. like Danica was talking about. Make you think that you're having an internal conversation with God. That's the whole point of this thing. And or I don't make know. you think you're having communication with other types of entities. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all like going along with the the number one thing that they have to have in place in order to implement this entire process is new age religion which mm. is exactly what they're doing right now yeah, they're, doing, they're doing a really good fucking job of that <laughs> right and that's what we were talking about a little bit before as Danica you mentioned you know we see mega churches and stuff right now totally adopting new age practices techniques and mm-hmm. that's usually the first thing that people turn to when they leave organized religion they turn Mm -hmm. straight to new age and they feel free but it's just a religion on its own well this is classic assimilation it's the same thing that happened when christianity became a thing they didn't get rid of uh roman paganism they integrated Mm -hmm. christianity into it so that they could convert the pagans to christianity so now what they're doing is they're integrating new age into christianity which is the number one religion in the world right now and that way they can assimilate Mm-hmm. all of the Christians into new age. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a transition mm-hmm. that's happening. I mean, did I misspeak? 
whenever I said no. that Christian Christianity is the number one religion in the world? No, it well, has I, the yeah, I think highest it, following in the world. I think I think it is. Yeah, I just wanted to be sure that I wasn't misspeaking when I said that. I yeah, don't think it, so. it's it's billions of people are Christians. I think. Uh, well, that's a loose stat. Mm-hmm. I think three billion people are Christians. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, and I say Christianity as like an umbrella term. All of the uh, all of the different subdivisions of Christianity. I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I literally just threw out a statistic from the back of my mind, and it, it may not even be accurate. But well, it probably is because you knew that episode seven was about empathy in the nervous system. <laughs> yeah, it, it's two and a half billion followers. Yeah. It's two and a half billion. You, you was close. It's a lot. It Did you guess it? And you was right. Largest <laughs> you was religion. Right. Um, so, you know, we don't want to freak anybody out. That's why we're just super careful about these conversations too. And you know, you know, search at your own risk, but inform yourself. And here's the thing: why we say the number one antidote to these things is understanding that they're actually going on and also having your own relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. with God, with your environment. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that Satan's greatest weapon against us is convincing us that it, it doesn't exist or that he doesn't exist. And that's kind of the same thing here. This is actually what one of the the army admirals were was saying in a conference directly related to this NASA project was um, the defense that people have against this technology. The only way that it really wouldn't work on somebody is if they had a, a, a complex process, like a co- their own process of complex thought. Like if they knew how to question the things that were going on within themselves. Sovereign thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, eventually, no matter where you're at, if you can kind of look at yourself in this way, mm-hmm. uh, you'll be able to work your way out of any mm-hmm. one of these like Houdini your way out of pretty mm-hmm. much any mind control program. Well, I think this is important because we we're talking about this and I just want to be sure that we're being clear with the solution here. Uh, and especially when we're talking about like going down these rabbit holes, it's easy to be pulled into a fear state an anxiety mm-hmm. state, a parano- paranoid state right. when we're looking at these things. And just remember that fear, anxiety, paranoia, that's not God either. And <laughs> When we are trying to inform ourselves of these things, if you start to feel like you're slipping into a fear, anxiety, or paranoid state, turn it off. Take a break from it. Take a break from it. Don't allow it to disembody you. Exactly. Because Mm -hmm. the antidote to it all is being embodied and sovereign thought. Obviously. Exactly. Yeah. The first time I read this about this specific project was was two years ago. And uh, we're just now starting to revisit it at a greater depth because mm-hmm. it just took some digestion. <laughs> it took some time to digest. Well, because what happens is that when this information comes into our awareness, even the stuff we've shared in this podcast, it begins to hit up against pieces of us that we've held on to as this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is, you know, where I'm at in my life. And when things like this come from my own experience, when things like this come up in your space, you're sitting there going, are you freaking kidding me? Like the kind of Danica and I joke, because Danica says strategery, the kind of, (laughs) the kind of strategery that has gone on to bamboozle humanity is it's truly mind bending and being deceived at such high levels is so catastrophic 
for us as human beings because it hits on those wounds. It hits on the trauma that we're carrying already. And it starts to initially, because Bo and I have been through this, when we've gone down some of these rabbit holes, it can literally knock you out of your body to the point that you don't know what is up and what is down. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what's true and what's not true. And you question absolutely everything around you to the point Mm -hmm. of paranoia. That's been my situation Mm -hmm. before. And so that's not what we're here to do. And we don't want to encourage anything like that. We want to tell you that like what Danica said, if you're, if you're getting into stuff like this, even if just listening to this episode at all is bringing up feelings in you that make you feel anxious or fearful or any of that, please understand that is not our agenda at all. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't speak to us in that way. There are truths that get brought to us. And when we are ready to receive them, we will receive them. So if you're not ready, it's okay. Mm -hmm. There will be another time Mm -hmm. and there will be another opportunity when your body has created capacity to actually hold the awakening process within you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, don't, don't let yourself get knocked sideways by any Mm -hmm. of this. Yeah. And the first, I mean, when I first started, I mean, I think I started on the conspiracy theory train in like 2011, 2010, 2011, Mm. something like that, maybe even before that. Um, But I think that's whenever I really started to kind of like dive, dive, dive into it. And um, there was a time when I would talk about this stuff and I would, I would like get knocked out of my body, just like you said, Jody. (laughs) And, but there comes a time, you know, I'm in a place now where it's like, I can talk about it and I feel completely uh, emotionally, energetically, sovereign and neutral Mm -hmm. about it. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, I don't feel fear. I don't feel anxiety. I don't feel, um, paranoia or anything like that. And, but if I did, (laughs) I would, I would stop what I'm doing and recenter myself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and real quick strategy. That was a direct, (laughs) that was a direct quote from George W. Bush in something that he, (laughs) yeah. In case you didn't know that something that he's, he said, and I quote, don't misunderestimate my strategery. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and it stuck with me. Well, <laughs> it stuck well, with me ever since I heard it. Oh my God. Well, it's a good little it's a good little word. It's a fun word. Strategery. You know, I think something earlier that if if anything <clears throat> is this is why trauma makes us susceptible because because of trauma we learn how to betray ourselves. Mm-hmm. Self-betrayal is at the core of every addiction uh, and in a behavioral sense. The relapse even of any addiction or any addictive behavior begins with self-betrayal. So we actually have to betray our – if we're in recovery, we have to betray ourselves in different ways ultimately before we quote-unquote relapse or uh, mm-hmm. fall into remission, uh, wait, yeah, regression. But um, it, in learning to honor ourselves and honor dis- our own ability to make decisions, even if that decision is to ask for help and bring more people in, um, there may be an internal process that each one, each one of us or that you are in the middle of 
learning how to trust yourself. That's such a, a core part of healing. I mean, mm-hmm. in order to heal, you in order to learn how to love yourself, you have to learn how to trust yourself again, hold space for yourself. And you may have people around you, a support system um, that can love you until you're able to do that. Kind of that cheesy thing, love you until you can love yourself. But learning how to build a relationship with ourselves is the ultimate antidote and protective agent against any of this BS that people are trying to do and for whatever reason is not as important as really understanding that there are tools, um, whether it's through nutrition, educate, education's a big one, nutrition, uh, creating healthy community, things that we've talked about on this podcast before, but ultimately learning how to honor ourselves, where we're at, what we're feeling, what we need and take steps towards actually meeting those needs in whatever way we use, whatever resources we use, as long as they're not deteriorating our health even further, as long as they're not fracturing us even further. The alien love bite, the mind control conversation, this whole, you know, any of these operations um, will be very ineffective. They'll be very Mm -hmm. impotent. Mm -hmm. They won't work. And, And it will be the difference between having a glass house and day by day, each glass piece gets replaced with plexiglass and there will be a person who's literally watching it happen and realizing like, oh my God, this whole thing's about to be a, a plexiglass building, not a glass building. And someone's like, what? They all look the same. It all still looks like glass to me. What are you talking about? And then there's somebody who can actually see like, no, they've actually been replacing these things one by one every day. And I, although it may look like glass, no, that one's plastic, that one's plastic, that one's plastic. <laughs> and it will make the difference between those two people. Mm-hmm. Maybe that didn't make so much sense. But. <laughs> well, I think what you said about having a relationship with yourself, developing and cultivating a relationship with the self is the antidote to everything. And if that were not the absolute truth, we would not be living in the world that we're living in where our sovereignty is taken away from us. We're taught to look externally for all of our answers, the medical Mm -hmm. industrial complex, the unrealistic beauty standards, all these filters, (laughs) all of this, all of this stuff that makes us feel like we aren't good enough and we can't have a relationship with ourselves or that we don't know enough to actually have a relationship with ourselves. Right. You know, so this entire world is designed to keep us disembodied and out of connection with ourselves. And not able to even trust ourselves. That's mm-hmm. why this bringing this, this to light is so powerful in terms of the beginning of this conversation because then people walk through their lives and they're frustrated or they're heartbroken and they're disembodied and they're fractured believing that they can never have love. They can never find love. They can't trust themselves on who to be with. They don't know how to pick them, you know, or whatever. And they're doomed and destined for ill-fated relationships when that's not the truth. Because the fact of the matter is that if we're willing to go through our, our own healing process and look at ourselves honestly, and then understand that things like this do happen, then we can begin to um, dismantle, Mm -hmm. you know, this whole situation. I think that before it was called the alien love bite, I think it was called star-crossed lovers. (laughs) 
I think you're right. <laughs> this has been going I on for a long right. time. Wow. A long, long time. Yeah, this is really nothing new, you guys. Um, and, and that that is true. I think it's in the book of Song of Solomon, who is, you know, said to be the wisest man that ever lived. He, he's probably the progenitor of the alien love body. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Considering but he's the one- how many wives and concubines he had, which I think yeah. added up to almost a thousand. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the one who said there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. It just gets reabsorbed and given a new name. And he wasn't even the first person to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you thought you were original, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> yeah. It's Bo and I said this the other day. It's like if people think that they even share, maybe I said it in another podcast. I don't know. But if you even think that what you share in social media is coming from some kind of original thought, it's laughable. You know, it's like we have things that are coming at us all the time and we are regurgitating and attempting to craft things in a way that feels original to us constantly. Mm -hmm. And so what we're here to do is figure out and work toward becoming sovereign. I mean, they tell us that in songwriting workshops all the time. Everything's already been said before. You have to figure out how to say it in a different way that's going to be marketable. (laughs) Right. Bizarre. Totally bizarre. Yeah. And so with that. (sighs) Yeah. I bid you adieu. We we say this after some of our classes. You guys just be really gentle on yourselves. (laughs) Take it easy. Oh, my gosh. Um, You know. Take what resonates, drop everything that doesn't, chew up the meat, spit out the bones, as they say. And, um, you know, we're here for further conversations and we'll always, this is probably one of the, uh, the things that we always talk about. Hey, we should talk about that on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I think it's important to say too, that sometimes we talk about things and we don't necessarily have a particular stance on it, you know, and it doesn't mm-hmm. reflect a particular stance that we may or may not hold. And sometimes we just talk about things just to talk about them because we're exercising our sovereign thought. (laughs) (laughs) Au revoir. Arrivederci. Arrivederci.